I'm going to give out my NBA midseason awards. Kareem Hunt is back in the NFL and Kaepernick settles. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Win or Lose. Thanks for joining me. It's Tim Bedgood. Another week. Let's talk about some sports. I hope everybody had a good week. Good weekend. I'm going to talk about, you know, my NBA midseason awards. I know it's a little bit past the midseason mark, but they're on a little break coming back from the All-Star game. Was this Sunday in Charlotte. It was a pretty good weekend. A pretty good game. Just an overall good week. It seems like the NBA always gets it right with the with the All-Star game. It seems like Major League Baseball and foot, NFL, the Pro Bowl, they just can't, seem to can't get it right. It seems like the NFL always does a NBA always does a good job with this. You know, starting out with the USA versus the world, the first and second year players playing against each other. The uh, the celebrity game, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know half of those guys, but it seemed like it was entertaining. I just knew the former NBA players and the ESPN personalities. I didn't know really nobody else. I think somebody from Migos was out there. You know, it wasn't even B-list celebrities. It was like, you know, G-list celebrities. I didn't really know nobody. But other than that, don't let that mess you up. Other than that, it was a good week. The three-point contest was good. It's good to see the great players really come out and get in the three-point contest. I wish we could do that for the dunk contest, but the dunk contest wasn't that bad this year. I just wish it was, like, better, more players that, you know, the world kind of knows instead of just, like, real, real, real basketball heads know them. You know, I wish it was more, you know, more of the big guys in the league really get out there for the dunk contest. But the game was good. You know, Team LeBron and Team Giannis, they kind of got rid of the East versus West. So, it's, you know, the most whoever gets the most votes from the West and whoever gets the most votes for the East, they kind of pick their teams. And Team LeBron ended up winning this year, 178 to 164. Kevin Durant got the MVP, scoring 31 points. So overall, it was a good game. You know, it entertained us. They kind of got, you know, got ready and got stuck it down and really played some defense in the fourth quarter. So that was good. Entertain us, then try to win the game. So the NBA had a pretty good week. Like I said, they always get it right with the All-Star game. So it's back to the second half of the season. I'm looking forward to it. Let me give my first half, the midseason awards for the first half of the NBA season. And let's start off with the coach of the year. So far, the coach of the year to me has been Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee. He's my midseason coach of the year. What he's done in Milwaukee has been amazing. He just seems like he always finds a way to get somebody open for an open shot. Now he finally has a star. He didn't have a star in Atlanta. He's had a bunch of good players, and that's what you get when you've got just a bunch of good players, second round and maybe out. He finally has a go-to guy, a, all, a, a star, superstar. Not just an all-star, a superstar. Greek Feek is playing out of his mind. They got the best record in the league. I didn't see that coming. I had them maybe fourth or fifth in the East, but the best record in the league, even better than Golden State. I didn't see that. I think it's, you know, getting bootenhoser. I mean, coaching makes a difference in sports, really. You, you can have all the talent in the world. You ain't got the coaching and the discipline, you know, 
we see it all the time. Like greats we've seen, like they didn't win until they got the right coach in there to lead them to the right way. I think Milwaukee's got the right guy. Bootenholzer is the coach of the year. They got the best record in the league. Other candidates out there, Mike Malone, he's doing a good job in Denver. I expected the Nuggets to be the playoff team. I didn't expect them to have the second best record in the West. He's doing an excellent job. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Doc Rivers, the job he's doing with the Clippers. He's got them in playoff contention, even though this was kind of like a rebuild. You know, we're looking forward to next year, but he's got them playing good. Nate McMillan's doing a hell of a job with the Pacers. They've had injuries with Oladipo, but they're still competing, playing hard, giving team hell, giving teams hell. They're going to be there in the Eastern Conference. That's going to be a tough match up in the playoffs for any team. He's doing a great job. Uh, Mike Yeager in Sacramento. The Kings are, you know, surprising, surprising people. They got a nice young nucleus. They can keep this team together. I like this young team the Kings got. They could cause a lot of problems and, and be, you know, give anybody in the Western Conference fits. But the coach of the year to me is Mike Budenholzer. Like I said, with Milwaukee, getting rid of Jason Kidd was a good idea, even though him and Giannis got along. We got to win. We got to get the coaching right. He was Greg Popovich's right-hand man in San Antonio for several years. He finally got his superstar, and we're going to expect big things from him and the Bucks in the playoffs. So my coach of the year is Mike Budenholzer. My rookie of the year, uh, this comes as no surprise, is uh, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. He's having a great rookie season. He's averaging 27-5. and you know, he's filling the stat sheet. He's entertaining. He's got the marriage back to being respectable. It seems like after this Cuban got that championship, he was like, hey, I don't give a damn. You know, they've been irrelevant ever since, you know. So he finally got a player who, you know, can carry. Because he's always been a good franchise of winning games, 50 games a season, making it to the playoffs. they always been competitive. But it seems like once they won that championship, you know, it's like, okay, we got our championship. You know, we'll just fall off a cliff from here. And they have really haven't been irrelevant since. But they got the guy right now in Doncic. I can't wait to see what him and Porzingis do in the future. Will the Mavericks be a perennial playoff team from here going out? Like we accustomed to see them make the playoffs every year. I don't know. I like what I'm seeing. I like the rookie. Doncic is definitely the rookie of the year, without a doubt. Other rookies out there doing their thing, too. DeAndre Ayton in um, Phoenix. He's averaging 16 and 10 shooting 58%, but the Suns are so damn bad that you won't recognize it. But he's having a good year. He was the first pick in the draft. He's having a good year. Uh, Trey Young with Atlanta, another guy. Atlanta's so terrible. He's averaging 17-7. and seven. And you got Jaron Jackson. I like what he's doing in Memphis. He's averaging 13 a game. He's a nice young player. He's only going to get better. I like what I'm seeing from him. It's a lot of good rookies this year. Nice rookie class, but Doncic has stood out. He is the rookie of the year. I like to see what he's going to be like in years to come. Dallas Mavericks got a good one. I like him so far. All right, let's go to my let's go with, let's go let's go sixth man of the year next. My sixth man of the year. This really was one of my toughest ones. But I mean, I just can't, I know you can give it to him every year. I'm going to go with Lou Williams again. I'm going to give Lou Williams the sixth man of the year again. I mean, just what he has done. He's averaging 20 and 5. I mean, just think about that. 20 coming off the bench. He only plays like 23, 24 minutes a game. 
If he played 40 minutes a game, who knows what Lou would. He's just always instant offense. His whole career has just been instant offense off the bench. And it seems like he's 32 now. He's like he's aging like wine. It seems like he's getting better every year. Like, damn, you just think when Lou going to fall off? When Sweet Lou going to stop? He keep on doing it. He's averaging 20 and 5. The Clippers are a playoff team. And just he gets the job done every year. Just instant offense. Hey, Lou, we struggling right now. Get in there and give us 10. You know, and he's, you snap your fingers. Lou Williams got 10 points in three minutes. I I mean, I know I might be. Lou Williams might be a top five six man of all time. I mean, if you really think about it, I really can't think about all the six men off the top of my head. But I think Lou might be one of the best to ever do it. Definitely top five. I, I would say that. I mean, think about it. Manu Ginobili comes to mind. Maybe Tony Kukoc. Lou's definitely in that same ballpark. As far as six men coming off the bench, instant offense, Lou Williams is one of the best to ever do it. I Right now, my midseason award for six men of the year, I'm going to give it to Lou Williams. Uh, but you got other guys. Uh, I think Derrick Rose could have had a chance. He's missed a lot of games. He was having a hell of a season. I think he would have been the front runner early on in the season, but he's missed a couple of games. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is having a good season with Oklahoma City, backing up Westbrook, giving you 15 a game. I like what he's doing. Another guy that got hurt, Spencer Dinwiddie. He could have been in this conversation of six men of the year. He's having a great season. DeMontis Sabonis of the Pacers, averaging 14 and 10, shooting 60%. You know, he can defend. He's great in pick and roll. He can shoot. He can pass. I like Sabonis a lot. So I wouldn't be upset if they gave it to Sabonis. Because he's playing hell of a foot basketball in Indiana. But right now, I'm going to give it to Lou Williams. I got Lou Williams as the sixth man of the year in the NBA so far. That's just my opinion. I'm going to go with Lou Williams. Defensive player of the year. I'm going to give that to Paul George of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, think about this. He got to score 30 on the offensive end. Guard the best perimeter player on the defensive end. And he'll guard you from 94 feet. Soon as you pass the ball and he'll be on you. Oklahoma City is a clearly a better defensive team when he's on the floor and when he's on the bench. What he has done to this team, you know, making him turn him into a defensive team. Let's be honest here. You know, Jeremy Grant's a better defender when Paul George is out there. Steven Adams is a better defender. He's got Westbrook out there playing great defense. He leads the league in steals. What Paul George is doing offensively and defensively, this is definitely his best year as a pro. I think he should win Defensive Player of the Year. You got other guys. You know, you never go wrong with Rudy Gobert leading the league in blocking. Utah's always a good defensive team. It's because of him, you know, shutting down the best post player every night. Uh, Joel Embiid could make a case. He's a good turn into a great defender. I think the Greek Freak doesn't get enough credit for his defense. He's turned into a great defender. Just stuffing the stat sheet for the Bucks. Greek freak, Draymond Green. He's though he's missed a lot of games. He still can make an argument. But I think right now the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, is Paul George. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about the most improved player right now. In my opinion, the most improved player in the NBA right now is Pascal Siakam for the Toronto Raptors. He's averaged seven last year. That's up to 15. He's shooting a better field goal percentage, getting more rebounds. Team looks better. He looks more confident. He look, he wants to be the guy. If Kawhi's not out there, I want to take the shot. Give me the ball. 
I like the way he's looking right now. He's definitely improved from last year where it was kind of like I'm not confident in my shot. Now he give me the ball. I go, I know what move I want to make. I'm confident now. I like what I'm seeing from Pascal Siakam. I like uh, De'Arian Fox in Sacramento. He's a big improvement from last year. He's upped his points by six points a game, upped his assist, rebounding, shoot percentage, team winning now. I bet the Lakers regret that. Listening to Alonzo Ball's dad talk about how great his his son was going to be, the Lakers passed on De'Arian Fox. What he's doing right now, I think he's you know way better than Alonzo Ball right now. Give me De'Aaron Fox over Lonzo Ball any day of the week. He's improved this year. Montrell's Harrow for the Clippers. He's improved this year. I could throw Sabonis back in there. He's getting sixth man talk. He can also be most improved player. He's been playing good right now. But my sixth man, I mean my most improved player is Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. He's the go-to guy, I think, when Kawhi's not out there. He's confident now, and he doesn't care. Give me the ball. He knows what he wants to do. I like what I'm seeing from him. And last but not least, let's talk about the MVP for a little bit here. I think it's down to three guys. I mean, you know, you got your Steph Currys and your Kevin Durant's and LeBron's missed a lot of games this year, so that kind of disqualifies him. I think you got three guys, and I'm going to give them in order from who I got third all the way up to who I got number one. Number three on my MVP list right now is Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is definitely his best season we've ever seen from him. I mean, he looks amazing. We've never seen him look this good. I mean, could you imagine what the Lakers would be like if they had Paul George right now? He just, he took his game to another level. It's good to see how he's bounced back from that, you know, just horrific leg injury. And he just looks like a different, complete player. I mean, 29 points a game, eight rebounds, two steals, best defender in the league on the perimeter, confident, game-winning shots. He just, just like a different, complete person. Got Westbrook shooting less. He's the best player on the Thunder now. I think he knows that. I think the coach knows that. I think the team knows that. And that's, they, that's made them a better team. We finally know who the guy is, who's going to close. Russell Westbrook, you facilitate. Get the ball around. Get everybody involved. Two minutes left in the game. Let's give it to Paul George and ride this thing out. He has been amazing. Number two, I got James Harden. He's kept the Rockets afloat. Let's be honest. If it wasn't for James Harden, Houston would definitely not make the playoffs in the Western Conference. He did what he has to do. I know he shoots a lot. I know he has the ball in his hands a lot, but I think for the Rockets, he has to do that. They've had a lot of injuries. Clint Capella, you know, Eric Gordon was out for a little bit. Chris Paul can't stay healthy. He's had to put on this Superman cape and just do everything every single night for the Houston Rockets to even be mentioned in the playoffs. What he has done has been nothing short of amazing. I know he shoots a lot, but he's unguardable, especially if they let him travel. I like the season James Harden has been having, but I can't judge him right now until I see what he does in the playoffs. James Harden has had some meltdowns in the playoffs, and I'm not letting him off the hook this year. I know his, his team hasn't been healthy. I know they don't got the right people around him right now, but I still want to see what him and Dan Tony do in the playoffs. I mean, the Rockets, like I said, they've been hurt by injuries, and he has to do it all. I mean, let's be honest, this Rocket 
team to me this season wasn't going to be when they gave Chris Paul four years, 160 million. I mean, I love Chris Paul. Don't get me wrong, but Chris Paul role player now. Let's be honest. He's a shell of himself. He's deteriorating before our very eyes. He can't stay healthy. He was 34 now. I mean, come on, Chris Paul. You got to have some self-awareness. At this stage of your career, you're trying to win championships. You done made your money. You done made your all-star game, all NBA teams. You trying to win championships. And you take four years, $160 million for a role player? You can't put nobody else around him. You can't put no other superstars around him. You know, it's just James and a bunch of role players. Let's be honest. Am I lying? You're paying $160 million for a role player. That's what Chris Paul is here at this stage of his career. I think that might have messed up the Rockets season more than the injuries. Giving Chris Powell $160 million when he's just a role player right now. I don't agree with that one bit. And my number one MVP right now, that's the Greek Freak. What he's doing in Milwaukee is amazing. Best record in the league. He's filling the stat sheet. Great defender. You know, averages a block a game. 58% from the field. 27, 12, a steal, a block. There's nothing he doesn't do. He turned into a great defender. Him and Budenholzer are a great mix. Spread the floor with the three-point guys. Let him go one-on-one and attack the middle of the of the court. He's been unstoppable. He's my number one MVP at the midseason for him. Let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. Him and the NFL have settled, have come to agreement. Kaepernick was suing the NFL, saying that the owners kind of, kind of came together to try to find a way to keep him out the league, and he kind of sued them and wanted to get to the bottom of it and see was it true? Did they kind of? have a little meeting or emailing back and forth. Hey, let's keep calling out the league. Let's keep him out the league. Was it collusion to keep Kaepernick out the league? And I think to most real NFL fans, I mean, it was obvious that it was a collusion. I mean, let's think about it. I mean, we've seen these quarterbacks the last two years. Kaepernick has been out the league. We've seen quarterbacks out there who've had no business with a job in the NFL and Kaepernick's at home on the couch like us watching the games every Sunday. I mean, you got the Nathan Petermans of the world, uh, the Brock Osweilers, the Mark Sanchez. I could be here all night naming bad quarterbacks who've had chances over the last two years instead of Kaepernick. So, I mean, it was kind of obvious with with us, you know, with, with playing fans, with, you know, anybody who got it got eyes and can see it was obvious Kaepernick was being screwed and blackballed out the league and once the president started saying things and opening his mouth and you know it kind of got worse so it was kind of obvious that they didn't want Kaepernick in the league so I think from the jump we, we said this from the jump he, him and Eric Reed were blackballed but Eric Reed ended up getting a job with the Panthers 
last year. Congratulations to him. So we thought Cap would, you know, wouldn't be too far behind, but nothing happened. So it's been two years out the league for Kaepernick. So I don't know at this point, does he still want to play? Is he good enough to play? He's getting up there in age, I know. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, they settled. And my thing is that the owners and the NFL want to settle because it might have been something bigger that they were hiding. Who knows what else they were hiding and we probably would have got to the bottom of it. I'm kind of torn here because I'm I'm good. That I kind of feel like they were exposed. But then again, I want to know, I want to know for sure. You know, it's kind of like they are like, okay, we're going to settle. But then it's like, but we're not going to, you never know what would actually really happen. Was it actually emails of owners going back and forth with each other about, we can only assume, let's put it like that. We can only assume we don't know what the real truth is, even though we kind of know the truth, but we don't know for sure. So that's kind of disappointing. But um, it's good for Kaepernick. I feel like he should be compensated. He's missed two years of doing something he's loved, the money he would have earned. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for at that standpoint that, you know, he is compensated and getting the extra money that he would have made since he missed these two years. I feel like he deserved that, you know, and he, you know, took a risk. He stood for something he thought was right. You know, most people wouldn't do it, you know, messing up their bottom dollar, their money to feed their family. A lot of people wouldn't risk it, you know. So I'm proud of him for that. But it's like, okay, now that you got your money, does that mean... Does that mean, does he get another job or does that mean like, okay, go away. You got your money. I don't want to hear you nothing about the NFL. You, you can't mention, you can't already mention that, you know, what we found or if anything's true, you can't talk about it no more. So does that mean he can't play no more? If you don't, if you don't, even if you don't get back in the NFL, we don't want, we can't hear another word from you about this. So it's just really confusing to me. I think the NFL was starting to get worried. Their ratings for the Super Bowl was down this year. Nike, who makes the NFL jerseys, got behind Cap. He got a commercial and got some things going with them. So I don't know if that was part of them settling. It's just a lot of things. I'm still more confused, you know, than I was before. You know, does Cap even want to play again? Can he play? They're saying that Carolina Panthers might be interested. I know Cam Newton just had surgery on his shoulder. Panthers might be interested. They signed Eric Reed, his buddy, the guy who fought for him and went with him, you know, his right-hand man. You know, Carolina might be interested. They say if anybody could take the heat and, you know, it won't be as bad, you know, the Patriots, you know, Robert Kraft might be interested in signing Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if we'll ever see Colin Kaepernick on the football field again. Who knows? I know the AAF had called, and they said Kaepernick wanted $20 million just to even consider it. I don't know how true that is. I might be the NFL throwing that story out there to try to, you know, put some dirt in Kaepernick's name, making it seem like, oh, he's just all about money. He's just all about the money. 
So I don't know what to be true. We don't know. Do you guys think Colin accomplished what he wanted to do? You know, it cost him his NFL career at least two years, but he made it back winning this settlement. Is he going to ride off in the sunset? He really hasn't said anything. Is he going to give an interview? You see him on social media, but like I said, he's not really, hasn't really said much and really talked about anything. Maybe he couldn't with the lawyers and, you know, suing the NFL. It's just a complicated story. I'm just kind of like, I wish we could have got more. It's kind of like we just got kind of left hanging. Okay, he's suing the NFL. Let's get to the bottom of the list. And then, boom, they settle. So is it the NFL owners admitting guilt? But is it Kaepernick, you know, saying I'll do anything to get back in the league? I don't know. I'm still confused about it. Um, like I said, it took a lot of courage to do what he did. I just, I don't know. I still don't really don't know. Something about this just, I mean, it's just really not 100% sitting well with me. But it is what it is. Like I said, Kaepernick... He settled. He got his money. I hope this is really one of the things he was trying to accomplish and get done. Him and Eric Reed. I hope to see Kaepernick back in the NFL. Cause I think he deserves it. He's better than majority of the quarterbacks out there. It's hard to sue the NFL and then get somebody to take you on. So, I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. I want to see him back out here. We'll see. I don't know. Kareem Hunt is back in the NFL. He was just picked up by the Cleveland Browns. A couple of months after being released by the Kansas City Chiefs for an incident where he kicked and put his hands on a female outside a Cleveland hotel. He was released by the Chiefs after he lied and told them, you know, things that didn't exactly happen. And once they got the video tape, they seen what really happened. So that cost him his job. And I think the Chiefs did the right thing. And I think it might have cost them a championship, too. So you really got to applaud them for putting their foot down and doing what's right, even though it might have been not have been what's right for the team. But Kareem Hunt is getting a second chance. I think he, you know, I think he, I think it's not a big surprise here. I think eventually he was going to get a second chance. I didn't know it would be this soon, but I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the NFL you know, we'll give you a second chance if the talent is still there and, you know, you can still help a team win. I mean, I, you know, I, that's just the way it is. We've seen it with, you know, several players, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Joe Mixon, even Hunt's former teammate Tyreek Hill put his hands on his uh, the child of his mother's in college and the Chiefs still drafted him and he's had no other issues and he was given a second chance. But in this situation, like like I said, I, I agree with the second chance. You know, I'm a guy who's benefited from second chances. I just hope he knows what he's doing. I hope he doesn't make the same mistake. And he learns from this. You know, I don't condone putting your hands on a woman. I think Kareem Hunt should have knew better. He should have had better people around him. I think it was a friend trying to hold him back. 
But I mean, you just got to be smarter than that. You're the only guy with something to lose in this situation. And making that mistake almost cost you your career. You luckily, you're still young and you wasn't as old and, you know, almost done the way Ray Rice was. That pretty much ended his career. So your mistake didn't end your career. You get a second chance. Hopefully you learn from it, move on and make better decisions. Have better people around you. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if it was that serious, you could have got one of your female, your girls to beat her up. I mean, I'm not condoning violence, but I mean, it's you should have been the last person out there making a fool of yourself and making a scene. The last person. But like I said, he's still young. I don't want to make no excuses for him. I agree with the second chance. I don't condone what he did. He apologized. He seems like he's getting the help he needs to help him move on and get his NFL career back on track. Now, I don't know if Kareem Hunt will play next year. I don't know how many games he'll get suspended for the incident. Plus, he lied. So, who knows if Kareem Hunt will even be on the field next year. We don't know. I think it might be a lengthy suspension. Maybe like 10 games. So, we might see Kareem Hunt back back on the field. Like I said earlier, second chances in NFL is nothing new. We've like I said, I don't condone this, but we've seen worse. I mean, if anybody's old enough to remember Leonard Little of the St. Louis Rams in the late 90s, he actually killed somebody, you know. was leaving his 24th birthday party, drunk driving, ran somebody up and killed a, you know, a wife and a mother of two. And he got probation and was out playing, had a 10-year career, played in a couple of Super Bowls and, you know, he continued an NFL career. Dante Stallworth was driving intoxicated and killed somebody, and he played several more years in the NFL. So as crazy as it may sound, the NFL will give you second chances if the talent is still still worthy of it. I'm not saying that's right, but that's just the way it is. In this situation with Hunt, he made a mistake. I think he deserves a second chance. Now it should be a zero tolerance. If he does it again, then he has to go. I mean, you can't, you know, fool me once, you know, Shane, you know the saying. But, you know, it should be a zero tolerance moving on. He makes the same mistake, then he's gone. You know, we can't keep giving these guys second chances when you didn't learn from the first mistake. I like to see Kareem Hunt do well because I like him as a player. I think he's actually a good football player. So I hope to see him have a nice, long career. You know, when we... Talk about Kareem Hunt 20 years from now. I hope this will be one of the last things we even think about. I hope it's in the rear view and we never have to talk about it again. But we'll see. We'll see. I like to see. I like, like I said, I like him as a player. Let's just see. Let's move on from this and see how he does in the Cleveland Brown uniform starting next year. The new football league, the AAF, American Alliance of Football. I don't too much care for the name. And the product on the field is not great, but it just shows you how much we love football here in America. Did a pretty good rating last week. Premiered last Saturday, did a 3.1, and it beat out a pretty good NBA game, the Thunder against the Rockets. 
and like I said, it's a lot of C-plus talent, guys who didn't make it in the NFL and guys who, you know, never probably did get drafted, maybe a couple of practice team guys. Uh, former NFL players like Trent Richardson, Christian Hackenberg, and Zach Stacy, to name a few. It's football, that's all I can say. It'll do for now. Is it the best talent in the world? No. I wish they kind of would have pushed it to the summer, kind of after the NBA playoffs and college basketball. You know, when we have that little dry spot in sports, you know, to kind of hold us over to the NFL gets to us, gets back. But it's here now. And like I said, it'll do for now. You know, will it last? It's too early to tell. You know, we love everything at the beginning. Like I said, the ratings was a 3.1. We love everything at the beginning. When we're in a relationship, we in love. Oh, I can't be without you, you know, in the beginning. We get a new job. Oh, my God, I love this job. Everything. We love everything in the beginning. We'll see how this thing rides out, how the couple of weeks keep going by when those quarterbacks are not able to throw that tight spiral through covers like Aaron, like we expect seeing from Aaron Rodgers. Or that receiver can't make that toe tap to get both feet from bounds, make a one-hand catch like Antonio Brown. Will we still be interested when the product is not that great, but it's football? It'll do. Like when you, you love a nice steak, a steakhouse. You love going to eat in a good steakhouse, but you can't afford it this week. So Applebee's will do. That's how it is with the AAF. It's not the NFL, but it'll do. Something to hold us over to where we get what we really want. That mattress you're sleeping on. It might not be top of the line, but it'll do for now. That's how it is with the AAF. Will it last? I don't know. Hell, I don't know. But for right now, it'll do. Thanks for joining me. I'll holler back at y'all real soon.